Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast, episode number seven. In this episode, the moms chat about summertime fun, money games, how to start homeschooling, and Tina reviews story of the world. <laughs> Mom, where's my glasses? Honey, where's my glasses? Why is the dog wearing a tutu? Where are my shoes? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And, and we're, we're the, the Savvy Homeschool Moms. So, Becky, how was your week? Well, you know, I can sum my week up in a fantastic card that I saw today on Facebook. It was a sum e card, uh-huh. and it said on there, "Of course, I'm a good mother. They're still alive, aren't they?" <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be how my week was this week. <laughs> yeah, I hear ya. Um, we had a very relaxed week um, because my oldest and his girlfriend were over about three days this week, and when they come over, pretty much all chances of getting any work done kind of fly out the window. Because they come over and they bring their remotes and they play Minecraft with the kids and that kind of thing. So, um, And right now it's really super important for us to spend time with him because I don't know. If, have I told you this, Tina, that my oldest is moving to Portland? No. Michael is my oldest. He's going to be 21 on uh, Wednesday. Oh, yikes. <laughs> and um, he is moving to Portland with his girlfriend, Mary. Oh, my. Um, Mary got accepted to La Cordon Bleu. Uh, there in Portland, the uh-huh. uh, culinary school. Oh, okay. To their pastry program. Cool. And so she's going to be going to school there. They already have an apartment and everything. Um, and so we need to spend as much time as we can with him before oh. he moves to Portland. Yeah, my goodness. I know. I'm like, half of me is all excited and happy because, you know, he's finally getting out and starting his life and he's not going to be living with anyone's mom anymore. And, you know, because. <laughs> You know, he's been living with somebody's mom for, you know, forever. (laughs) One mom after another. One mom, yeah, for a while he was living with my mom and, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, it's good that he's getting out and starting his own life and and everything. But at the same time, I'm like, no, Portland. (laughs) That is far. I just got you you living, I got used to you living an hour away. I, you know, I kind of like that. Yeah. I don't even know if, actually, I don't think Easton's even an hour away, is it? No, I think it's closer to 40, 45 minutes. Yeah, it's it's way close. It's on the way to Lemoore, I think, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah, because I remember driving through it when I went to visit a friend in Lemoore, and Lemoore's only like 45 minutes away. Well, depending on how long ago it was, though, that was the old 41. Oh, the, true. The new 41 doesn't go through Easton anymore, but the old oh. 41, for those of us who have lived here in the valley, <laughs> long enough to remember, um, the, <laughs> the old 41 right, went right straight through the middle of Easton, actually. Right. And, yeah, so he's been living down there, and it's been really nice having him so close because, you know, from the time he was nine until he was 18, he lived in Texas. And so I didn't get to see him hardly ever. And then he moved to Easton and I got to see him all the time. Right. a week. It was fantastic. Yeah. And then now he's moving to Portland. But the upside is that's an excuse for mommy to go and take a trip to Portland. Yeah. I've heard great things about Portland. Yeah. So have I. And after the kids came back from their their um, fact-finding trip up there that they did a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. um, they, th- even more, it sounds like someplace I want to go. They, they brought me yeah. back a postcard from this place called Voodoo Donuts. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody out there has had or has heard of Voodoo Donuts, but just looking at the pictures, I really was sad that it wasn't a scratch and sniff because <laughs> they just look so good. Okay, now you're making me hungry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really awesome. I guess there's a Voodoo Donuts really close to where their apartment is, and their apartment's really close to like the major mall and the uh, public transportation. Nice. And and they finally found an apartment that will take their dog. So. Oh, good. The problem was that uh, Lily, that's my, my granddaughter, my four-footed granddaughter, <laughs> she, um, she's 40 pounds, and, wow. and she's not full-grown. <laughs> oh, wow. So in most places, they only take dogs up to like 35 pounds, and right. so they, they kept getting turned away, and it kept getting turned away at all these places. They were getting discouraged and everything, and then finally they found this place, and it's like so much better than the other places they looked. It's nicer. It's in a better place, close to everything they need, nice. and it takes the dog, so it's kind Yay. of awesome. Um, and, um, so there was that. So spending time with Michael kind of, you know, trumped getting any actual, you know, work done this way. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I think that's an acceptable alternative. And plus it's summer. So, you know, time frames don't mean nearly as much. Right. You know, that's the problem. That's the problem I have with summer is that, that days really seem to get away from me more during the summer. Oh yes, Definitely. Like, you wake up and you're like, what day is today? Anyways, because, you know, even during the school year, one day is much like the next. But at least I have, like, responsibilities, meetings, and stuff like that. But during the summer, not so much. Right. And so then you kind of lose track of time. And and speaking of summertime, the weather has been fantastic this past week. Yeah. I, I know we said that in the last episode, but it's really shocking <laughs> it's to us. It's getting hotter Fre- now, though. <laughs> it is a little, but um, it's really shocking in Fresno when we can, you know, go out in June and not melt yeah. as soon as you hit your porch. That's true. Usually the heat hits you in the face the moment you open your door. Exactly. This, like literally, boom, right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> this lack of um, three-digit degrees are, yes. has been really, really nice. That is nice. Yeah. And Dean... My lovely husband worked his booty off recently and got our hot tub cleaned out. Oh. Did you know we had a hot tub? No, I did not. We do. We have a hot tub <laughs> on the back deck. And it's been there since we moved in, obviously. And we've never done anything with it. Uh, every year we have all these fantastic plans of getting it cleaned out. Uh-huh. And every year it doesn't happen. <laughs> and so finally this year it got got cleaned out. So Yay. I got to spend Friday night relaxing in my hot tub though friday night it was kind of chilly when i got out i I got out about 10 30 and it was cold outside (laughs) now do you actually heat it because my parents have their hot tub going in the summertime but they don't heat it they let it be cold we uh we heated it just that first day just to to make sure that everything was working right and then they can use it kind of like a mini pool exactly that's a mini pool with bubbles right It's exactly what it is because I one thing I can't afford to keep that thing heated. I can't even imagine yeah. how much that must cost. Right. Um, plus, in the, in the summertime, it doesn't really have to be heated. No, no. Um, and and it doesn't. I think it might need a new heater because we left the heater on most of the day, and it still only got up to ninety-seven degrees, which is really on the super low end for a hot tub. Oh, is it? Yeah. So that kind <laughs> of is rough, but. It was fun. We had a good time. And so now we have, you know, the hot tub in the backyard for the kids, well, the medium warm tub in the backyard for the kids to go out and play (laughs) instead of, you know, those cheap plastic pools we always buy. Oh, right. I'm picturing you out there at night with friends and drinks and... (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, That's absolutely the plan. (laughs) Um, In fact, I was just talking to Dean that we were at Target the other day and they have a whole um, section of tiki stuff. 
Oh, yes. They have like these rainbow tiki cups and all. I'm like, we need to buy every single one of those things. And we need (laughs) to buy the, we need to buy the, um, what is it? The tiki lamp things, you know? Oh, tiki torches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we need to get like one of those big grass skirt things and put it around the top of the gazebo. Oh, how fun. And then just make it like a whole like tiki themed thing. Luau. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to spending time with friends. Plus, now that it's summertime, I find that, that are you having trouble getting together with your friends? I am. Oh, my gosh. They are all so, so busy. Exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, remember us? Yeah, during the school year, a, a lot of Danielle's friends are public schooled. So, you know, during the school year, it's hard to get together with them because they're in school all day and then they have homework and all this kind of stuff. And they've got to get up early the next morning. So it's rough to get a hold of them. But now it's summertime and it's hard to get a hold of them, too, because I know they're all so busy. They're doing like five million things. And yep. And it's summer camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of us that don't do all of those kinds of things, we're just kind of getting left behind. <laughs> I know. That's how that's how it was for us, too, this last week. Well, the last couple of weeks. We haven't been able to hook up at all. That's sad. I know. We should get together and go to the park again. Yes. <laughs> like, like, like the unplanned park trip. Exactly. <laughs> Listeners, for those of you who don't know, not last week, but the week before that, Tina and I recorded our podcast on Sunday like we always do. And then I had to run out the door to go and lead my Spiral Scout circle because I'm a Spiral Scouts leader and um, our, we meet on Sundays. And so um, I went running off to Osa de Oro Park, which is a park that is on my side of town nowhere near Uh tina's side of town no (laughs) there's nothing near me yeah and um we get there and i'm sitting there getting ready to for for my meeting and trying to figure out how to fold this stupid origami newspaper thing which was not working (laughs) at all thanks homemade simple and um i look up and i see these two kids and i'm like i know those kids and then right then tina's husband walked up and i'm like hey i know that guy and it was like Completely unplanned meetup at the park. <laughs> so weird. I'm like, hey, long time no talk. Exactly. And you guys were Bizarre. so nice coming over and trying to help me with my Oregon We tried. Issues. Yeah. Did you guys ever figure it no, out? No. And and we tried I several different ways of doing it, and it never did work. So I really I need to email Homemade Simple because that's where I got the pattern from, and be like, right. No matter what I did, I had adults, I had kids, I had everyone working on yeah. this thing, and it would not fold up the way you said it would. <laughs> You had experienced origamiers, yeah. Because you had Liz, Liz Hayashi and her girls are there too. I did, or one yeah. A summer, yeah. Yes. Their summer experience. comes to my meetings, yeah. And um, so we ended up. Thankfully, uh, my friend Lydia, um, she had um, in her purse because she knew we were doing uh, the gardening badge. She had some little uh, pots that are made out of coconut husk. Oh. Um, and so we just used those instead because what we were trying to make was planters to start our seeds in that can just go directly into the ground without having to be right. unpotted. And, oh, yes. Yeah, and so, I, like, I had seen them made out of newspapers a bunch of times, and I was like, that should right. be perfect. And <laughs> it was all downhill from there. I should have known better because, as I am want to tell everybody who will listen, I am terrible at origami. <laughs> <laughs> I still- yeah, and I thought for sure Maven would be able to sort that out, but, yeah, the instructions were bad. They Sometimes were. you just get bad instructions. They were, they were. Because Maven's an origami queen. She makes up her own origami, even. She's, yeah, so does Danielle. She's kind of out of the phase right now, but um, for a while there, she was folding everything she got her hands I mean, literally everything she got her hands on. We went eating at a restaurant, and she'd take the paper from underneath the taco and start folding it. I'd have to stop her when she was reading a book because she'd start folding the page of a book. I'm like, stop! It's a library book! 
<laughs> did, you ever see the, did I ever send you that website, uh, Netflix Origami? No. Do you guys get Netflix movies? Yes. Okay. Yes. There's a web page dedicated to folding up the piece that you rip off before you mail them back. Oh, oh wow. That's awesome. Um, I'll, I'll, I will add it to the, to the show notes so you can see it. Oh, definitely. I want to see that. But that's not a perfect square, though, I don't think. It's not. It? That's what makes it really interesting. Oh, I see. So it's special kind of folding. It is. I've, I've made several things off of it. I made a little popcorn box, and I made hearts, and I've made all sorts of really funny things. I make them and give them to Dean. How fun. <laughs> oh, how fun. Yeah, oh my gosh, the origami creations uh, for a while there were piling up around here. Oh, my Lord. I had no space for it all. <laughs> like, everywhere I look, I can find it. Anywhere I move stuff out of the way there's an origami in there somewhere. Well, depending on what they are, they might. you could make a mobile out of them or something and hang them up. Yeah, but that would be a big mobile. Oh. <laughs> there's a lot. Just she pick, had a whole shelf. Just pick the best ones. Yes, yeah. I know. No, I, I definitely recycled a lot of them, yeah. but it was just, you know, the fun of doing it. And origami is very therapeutic for those of us who can do it. Yeah. Those of us who can. For you, it's probably more torturous. It is. It's that therapy when you go and, like, scream at people. Yeah. <laughs> All I need to do is try to do some origami. <laughs> How was put your me, week, Put Tia? Becky in a bad mood. Um, not so good, actually. I have had a real bad, long bout of migraines, back-to-back migraines. It's I mean, pretty terrible. much almost the whole week. I know it was, let's see, Tuesday night, I think was the first one. And then that continued through Wednesday. And then I got another one on Wednesday. I usually call it a double migraine if like I get the aura in the beginning. You get that before too, do. don't you? Yeah. Don't you say you get it? So if I, if the aura starts up again, I feel like it's a new migraine. So I count it as a, as a new migraine. So like a new one started the next day, even though I still was in pain from the last one. Mm-hmm. A new one started the next day. And then the next day I had got a brand new one. And then it was Friday, completely migraine free, but still, you know, kind of sore. Because yeah. <laughs> the one I had on Thursday was gnarly. I mean, it was a really, I don't usually get them super, super bad anymore. Like I used to as a teen but oh my gosh thursdays knocked me on my butt Mm -hmm. and then friday free and then yesterday got another one lovely yes so i was popping vicodin like crazy. i I try really hard not to uh take too much of that stuff but holy cow Mm. yeah so it was a bad week and we pretty much accomplished nothing there the kids are completely off track with the math this week because uh, i just was not in a place to push them to do anything i was like whatever just stay out of my hair exactly (laughs) Be quiet. Go in the other room. Don't yell. <laughs> Play on the computer. On I don't care. <laughs> yeah, turn down the light. Yeah, I, I don't usually. I don't like going out in the bright sunlight, but I don't usually have to be in a dark, dark or quiet room oh. necessarily. But loud, like startling noises. Oh, yeah. Or if they're just like yelling nearby. Yeah, I don't like that. But the lights are usually not super bad for me unless I go outside in the bright sun. But yeah, see, I need. Dark. Yeah, it was just bad. I must have dark. That used to be when I got them a lot worse. I used to have it have have to have it have it dark all the time, but uh, yeah, luckily I don't have because I actually have to usually go about my life all the time with migraines these days. So, and actually for years now. So thank heavens my migraines have slowed down to the point where I can do that because if I had like the ones that I had when I was a teenager, there's just no way you can function. It just probably sounds like the kind that's, that you yeah, get. Yeah, that's the kind I get. Yeah, I spent all day, uh, let's see, Friday. I had a migraine on Friday Ooh. and I spent... The one day I didn't. Yeah, I spent all day in bed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's easy to do. Yeah. That's how Thursday was pretty much for me, um, for the most part, which is unusual for me because normally I have to get up and go do stuff and 
figure out a way to work. My, I've I've actually had to teach classes with a migraine oh before. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, when you're holding your head up, right? <laughs> don't move, don't move. <laughs> You'll jar the the floor, and <laughs> it's like, yeah. So it was a bad bad week. Sounds but, like um, it. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. The older I get, the more they're increasing again. So I'm hoping, this is really sad, but I'm hoping that once I hit menopause, I hope that they shut off completely because <laughs> I've heard some people that that happens too. So I'm like actually looking forward to menopause. I'm only 41, so I'm not quite there yet, but I am definitely in the pre-stages, So, <laughs> which is why I think they're they're upping their game right now is because whatever all the changes that are going on, yeah. the hormones and whatnot. So I'm really looking forward to menopause. I was hoping it will shut off my migraines. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do if it doesn't work. But <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get to yeah. it. But yeah, so migraines galore. And then again, like you said, friends completely busy. Not, I have two sets of friends that are were in camp this last week and one that's completely out of state. And the last one, I guess, was just busy. We, just, we tried to hook up one day last week, but it, at the last minute, she wasn't able to to hook up with us so it didn't work out mm. and yeah my kids are climbing the walls and you know the longer like I said you can kind of measure how long time has been uh, in between playdates by their behavior and so yeah this last week was rough and add the migraines to it yeah it was a rough week <laughs> <laughs> definitely a rough week sounds but, like it yeah on the plus side though Maven has really gotten into reading a whole lot again I mean I know I've said that she's kind of upped her game again recently but just while I'm you know, dealing with migraines and whatnot, she just disappears and reads, and she has been reading like crazy. In fact, she just picked up, recently I picked up this book, The Mysterious Benedict Society, which I know you said you'd never heard Mm -mm. of before. It's really, really good. And uh, I read it to her, I don't know, five years ago. Um, And so I know it's a fabulous book, and I picked it up again because I wanted to read it again, and then I was hoping that she'd want to read it herself this time, and she did. She picked it up. It's a thick book, not quite Harry Potter thick, but it's verging on Harry Potter thick. Oh, wow. It's pretty big. And um and it's it's just I can I don't even remember all the details of what it's about. You have to go to Amazon to see. But it's really, really good. And um and there's two more that I haven't read yet. There's it's actually a trilogy now, although it may actually maybe maybe there'll be four, I don't know. <laughs> um and I haven't read those yet. And so I wanted to read the first one again before I went into the next ones and now she's reading it so we might be able to read it together. So that'd be really cool. You can say Oh, did you get to the part yet when, you know? <laughs> so it's fun. She's like that in the past when we've read books together. We'll like, we'll trade off reading it. Uh-huh. And that's kind of fun, like to ourselves and then, you know, talk about what we read about. So that'll be fun because it's a really good book. So I think that's, that book is good enough that, I mean, I read a lot of kid books, but that is one that I think anybody would, adult would love to like go and check out and read just because I mean it is about kids but it's just it was just so good <laughs> that I felt like I had to read it again so so yeah and so she's actually in the other room finishing it off right now wow. <laughs> I know it's crazy and then the other thing that this week with me being kaput <laughs> with me being out of commission um the kids have been doing their chores like crazy so that they can get time on the computer nice I know, and at Tiran, actually, they both, I've told you, Maven's been waking up for a while now and before everybody else and doing all her chores, but Tiran's been doing it now, too. He gets up and does his chores, and so then both of them have their chores done and are, you know, get their computer time before I even get out of bed. <laughs> so that has been really, really nice. That is awesome. Yeah, very exciting. 
So that has been, and then yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, despite the migraine, um, once the Vicodin kicked in, I actually took two, two Vicodins yesterday because it was, you know, on the heels of the oh recent God. migraines, it was already sore. So I was like, I'm taking two this time. I would, and, be, dead. Uh, I would be on the uh, floor. I would be laying on my hardwood floor, <laughs> desperately trying to grip onto something. Because you can't take Vicodin. I can't know they make the world spin. Yeah. Yeah, so I take two. They don't really affect me like they used to, unfortunately, which is sad. Um, you know, they don't work as well as they used to, which is, you know, I'm going to reach a point where I'm, it's just not going to touch it. And so I don't know what I'll do then. But um, but anyway, uh, once I kicked in and I finally got energy, I actually kicked it into high gear and actually kicked butt in the in the laundry room cleaning because our laundry room is... Is uh, also the cat bathroom is like attached to the laundry room, so that's where the cat boxes are. Right. And it's always messy and stinky. And even though Maven scoops the litter boxes every day now, it's wonderful. Uh-huh. It's still messy. You know, they kick it everywhere, and, and inevitably one of the cats misses the box occasionally. And yeah, it's just bad. And then right around the trick, because the trash cans are right in the laundry room. All right around the trash cans, there's tons of. It's just a mess in there all the time. So I'm like, that's it. I'm cleaning this up because we have. A potential of having people over for 4th of July. We're still trying to decide that. And then we have Tyrion's birthday party we're planning. I'm going to need to start cleaning this stuff up. So I spent like the second half of the day in there and cleaned it. Like the kids keep going, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> like you can see the floor and it's clean and the floor's white. <laughs> it's like, wow. So despite the migraine yesterday, I kicked butt. So I'm hoping that the second half of today will be similar to that. I'm I'm going to attack the kitchen today, so we'll see how that goes. (laughs) No migraine yet today, cross your fingers, so hopefully I can do it without the use of drugs. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. But today, um, another thing that I um, wanted to mention, because it's a really cute game, um, today, Tieran, actually last night, Tieran decided he really wanted to play this board game, and we ran out of time last night, and he was really sad, and set it up and everything, and then ran out of time, and anyway didn't get to do it last night and so he was really upset and he said i said first thing in the morning we'll play it with you and so then we did we he set it up and we we're playing it and this game is called coins count uh-huh. it's this total educational game and he was all into it it's just basically you move around this um the the board and you either like buy a soda or buy a candy apple or you um or and then or you collect money from washing somebody's car or something like that so basically all you're doing is going around and paying and receiving money so it's all about learning how to take uh you know how to pay and how to make change and that kind of thing oh wow that's cool yeah and it's so simple and it wasn't very expensive as i recall i I think i bought it at um professor toy um because they have all the educational stuff there i think that's a local um chain here but any school supply store would probably or teacher supply store would probably carry this um but i'll put the link to amazon also it's really cute really simple and it's just got little fake money and then they you know i mean he's not quite seven so he's not capable of really truly making change but we're you know starting the process and and walking him through adam what adam has was doing was saying like you know he had to pay 67 cents he would say okay we'll take this dollar and let's make change and then you can use the change rather than you know, give him the mount and then give him the change back. He was actually to breaking the dollar down into coins so that he could 
pull the coins out and pay um, himself. Oh, okay. Because he's pretty good with the co- with the value of the coins. He's pretty good with. So, um, so that worked out pretty well. And uh, so anyway, I thought I'd mention that game because we were just literally playing that like an hour ago. Oh wow. Maybe maybe two hours. Whenever it was that before Adam left, he left like an hour ago or something. <laughs> so, um, really cute game. In fact, I'm looking at it set up right now. He, we had to stop because Adam had a meeting to go to and left it set up so that we can play it again later. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, he loved it. So like playing store basically, you know, <laughs> really mm-hmm. cute games. So I thought I'd mention that. And then while I was playing the game with him, I was remembering that the reason that he knows the coins as well as he does is because of this other game that I found on the internet a long time ago called the exchange change game. And I have all the instructions on homeschoolround.com. If you just do a search for exchange change. Um, but I'll put the link in the show notes as well. And that is a really cool game where you use real money and you just, you're just trading. Like once you get five, you use a dice and you take that many pennies. And so like, if you get five, then you take five pennies and then you trade them for a nickel. Like, and you, that's oh, all wow. you're doing back and forth, back and forth. And you keep adding more coins as time goes on. So they, once they get the hang of a nickel is five cents, then you add a dime in. And then they know that, then they learn that two nickels is a dime. And so, yeah, it's just rolling a dice and just keep adding. <laughs> so it's really cool. It's, it's it, Both of my kids played that game. And it worked really well for helping them learn how to do the, um, um, learn the values of coins. So I, awesome. I thought of that today when I was watching us, watching Tyrion play and getting so into it. I thought I should mention that in the show today because that's a really cool game too. <laughs> so anyway, so um, we were going to try answering some more questions today, and we had a question from Jenny on our Facebook page who says, my son is three, and I'm just starting down the homeschooling path. I appreciate hearing your words of encouragement. Thank you for your show. You're welcome. (laughs) How to uh, to start would be helpful to me. How to... how do you fight the am I smart enough to do this doubts? So I did respond and let her know about the, well, I think it was episode, was it three, I think, when we talked about Catherine's question being about enough. being good enough. So I, I did refer her yeah. to that show to listen to that, but I thought maybe we could talk today a little bit about how to get started with homeschooling, since obviously, since we're in the middle of it, we did start at one point. <laughs> yeah. So did you want to maybe did. talk a little bit about some of the things that you think are good first steps to getting started on homeschooling? Okay. Well, as we discussed before, her son is three, right. so she's already been teaching him up, you know, every right. day up until now. Um, so just continuing along that path um, with, um, you know, you're already educating your child. All you're going to do now is start adding more, right. more you content. know, formalized Step stuff it up. other than that. <laughs> I mean, it's not, not a lot no, different. No, especially in kindergarten, um, it's really not that much different. Exactly. So I, I think that um, once you've made the decision to homeschool, because remember, we were talking about what should technically be the right. first step. And I think the only first step that's that the only thing that can be labeled as absolutely must be the first step is making the decision to homeschool. Right. After that, all of the steps are kind of as they come to you. Right. <laughs> um, but um, determining if homeschooling is right for you is a really, a really good one. Um, giving it a trial run. Maybe um, during the summer or, um, well, her son is three, so she could technically do it yeah. at any point she wants right. to because it's not like he's already in school. Sure. Um, but if you if you have a child who's already in school and you're thinking about homeschooling, maybe try a, t- a trial run during vacation, uh, summer vacation or, winter you know, or, uh, yeah. winter break or something like that and just see what or it's like. Uh, 
or the weekend exactly um give it a try and see what it's like and um and don't be don't feel like you have to to do everything on your trial run just try doing one or two things yeah. see how it feels see how your child responds to yeah. it and um because that's one thing that like for me I had never done anything like this before, and so um, every time I did anything, it sort of felt a little weird and oh, awkward. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that, too, actually, that it, it, you, when you get started, it's going to feel weird. It just, because it's new. Anything new feels weird and awkward. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and it would be, I'm sure it'd be the same thing if, you know, I was going in my first day of work and facing 30, four, you know, fourth graders sure. for the first time. It would probably feel new and weird. So um, expect that it's going to feel new and weird, and that's not a bad right. thing. Um, but giving it a trial run will give you an idea of how it feels and how how you work with it and also how your child will work with it so that you're not, you know, just throwing yourself in head first when you've got to sink or swim, mm-hmm. you right. know. Uh, and also um, talking to other homeschoolers. <clears throat> One of the most important things that I found and another thing we talked about previously was, was the fact that meeting other people um, and finding out they were just like me. Right, yes. It really gives you a lot of encouragement and a lot of... Um, it really makes you feel better mm-hmm. because you find out that um, all of these people are just people just yeah, like Yeah, and they you. don't all have it all together either. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, um, Tina may, like, talk about how organized I am, <laughs> but in reality, <laughs> not nearly as organized as she makes me out to be. Um, and that's okay. Says you. Because you know what? Yeah, well. <laughs> in comparison, it, it, you are. But, yeah. but and see, what you find out is... You're going to meet other homeschoolers who are more organized than you and who are less organized sure. than you. You're going to meet homeschoolers that are better at math than you and the ones that are worse at math than you. And you're going to find out that they all just make it work. Yes. And uh, for me, that was a big step forward in being able to go, hey, I can do mm-hmm. this. Look at, you know, such and such, such and such and such and such is doing it. And if they can do it, I'm sure I can do yeah. it, you know. And um, and then last uh and the, the whole idea of determining if it's right for you is read, oh, yes. read, read, yes. read, read. You can never read enough books. Or if you're not a book reader, uh, podcasts, um, audiobooks, you know, um, get the information in somehow. Um, there's a, a million and six homeschooling blogs oh, out God. there. There are homeschooling support um message boards. I actually have one open right now in another window called the Secular Homeschooler. Right, that's a really good one. I love that one. In fact, I just rediscovered it today when I was Googling something else that popped up. And I was like, why in the world don't I hang out here more mm-hmm. often? That's the website, so right? Because there's also a Yahoo group called Secular Homeschooling. Yeah, no, this is the right. website. Um, sec- it's actually secularhomeschool.com. Right. Um, and we'll make sure that's in the show notes. Um, and these places where you're going to get um, support and you're going to get um, the ability to bounce ideas off of people and opinions and those kinds of things are really going to help a lot with getting you prepared to start right. homeschooling. Right. And well, and, and also just to help you to make some decisions about, you know, what direction you want to go. Cause you can, you can find out how people are doing it and you know, you may hear something that you're like, yeah, that doesn't really feel right to me. And, um, and you know you you're not going to know this stuff unless you go out and learn it by reading or talking to other people because you're just I mean right. homeschooling is not something that necessarily comes naturally to everybody because it's you know it's not part of our culture it's not part of our um, society so it's 
it, you know, it's an oddity <laughs> for a lot of people. So right. it is something you have to go out and learn about. And a lot of myths abound out there about homeschooling. You know, we're not all locking our kids in the house all day, every day, and you know, nope. refusing to expose them to anybody else in the world. You know, um, there's a right. lot of myths out there, and so you may have, um, you may come, or you probably will come across these myths a lot when you talk to people. And also, the one thing that I that just just occurred to me also is be careful who you talk to when you're first starting out, as far as who you share. Like I'm thinking, like family members. Don't just go and tell everybody in your whole family now you should probably include your spouse on everything and definitely i would say include your spouse on everything (laughs) and without a supportive spouse you're going to have a really hard go of it um but but don't go and tell your mother-in-law and everybody that you're thinking about because while you're in that baby phase of learning you're really susceptible to the way people say things and the and and the reactions that people will have and i guarantee you're going to have at least one family member that will react badly to the idea and think that you are doing the worst thing in the world for your kids and you don't need to yes. be hearing that right now you later on when you're more armed with the knowledge and the and the confidence um then you can tackle that mother-in-law that thinks that you're gonna you know who's gonna think that it's a crazy idea or maybe you don't want to maybe you just never maybe you just make it an issue that i'm not discussing this with you you know i mean that happens Uh in some families too so um but yeah you want to be really careful about who you share that and and uh, same thing with like friends too i mean you may have friends who thinks it's a stupid idea you may have a public school teacher who thinks that you're doing this horrible thing if you if you're even thinking about homeschooling so yeah be careful right. who you talk to about it that's why it's really good to, to go seek out um these online communities and, and definitely definitely find some local communities of homeschoolers to be able to talk to them about um, your fears and your concerns because they're going to come at it from a completely different perspective yeah like-minded people are yeah. really useful. yeah and there is definitely there's definitely a benefit to surrounding yourself with like-minded people when you're first starting out on an idea because if you you are surrounded with people who are naysayers they're gonna tear your idea apart and you're not gonna get very far so Mm -hmm. and yeah so um and then about the spouse too it is really important i think Um, my husband i don't know if i would say he was definitely what i would call supportive he's not unsupportive but he's not against homeschooling so that was good enough for me (laughs) you know like he didn't see any reason why we shouldn't just stick our kids in school until I started pointing out some of the things and then he was like okay that makes sense and stuff but if he was totally against it I'm not saying I wouldn't do it (laughs) but if he was totally Mm -hmm. against it I would have to kind of rethink things until we got to a point where he could kind of understand where I'm coming from because if you have some a spouse that's totally against I think that would make you have an it's a hard enough job as it is you don't you you need everybody that you can get on your side (laughs) so um, yeah I don't know if it I mean I can't even imagine how it would be done if you didn't have a supportive right right it just seems like it that would be an impossibility I mean if I didn't have Dean I mean I I can't even imagine because Dean like Dean picks up the slack like because there's going to be slack yes oh yes (laughs) you can't teach him everything you just can't and and Dean picks up the slack for me. I mean, there's no way I could get this done without him. Not to mention the fact that, I mean, single bread earner in the house. Right. And he has to be as committed to homeschooling as right. I am. Otherwise, you know, he would be like, put the kids in school, get a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I had a husband who was constantly making com- rude comments or obnoxious snide comments about what I was doing, 
and undermining everything that I'm doing at every given moment, or even just here and there, that would make it pretty much impossible to successfully homeschool. I mean, so, you know, you got to figure out a way to win them over, basically, <laughs> or her yeah. over, if you're the dad and uh, you're trying to win your wife over, or, or you know, partner. <laughs> so, right. Oh, right, true. We don't, we don't want to automatically yes. assume that every homeschooling parent is the mom, because actually we do, we do know a family that the father is the, yes. the main, the Ramirez. Actually, I know two families. The, the father. Oh, okay. Well, I know the Ramirez's. Uh, wait, no, I don't think uh, I know the Ramirez's. Candace? Uh, oh, gosh. No, not Candace. Um, Courtney. Courtney Ramirez. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> okay. I know three yes. then. Because Andy, but oh. he's not homeschooling now, um, but he was. Oh, right, Andy right. was the homeschooler. And then there's um, uh, Avery's mo- dad. I can't remember what Avery's last name is. Avery the boy oh, wow. there's two Averys we know but I don't know if you know him right but anyway right. his dad is homeschooling him too Shayla so, Shayla is the mom I can't remember her last name anyway <laughs> so we're our apologies if we've offended any homeschooling <laughs> yes. dads we don't mean that we just from our own experience most of the people we know that homeschool it is the mom that does it but you know there, there are families out there that the, the dad does yes. it and that's and that's awesome. more and more actually there's there's more and more dads involved. In fact, I ran into more dads at the charter school that were very involved in it as well. I knew one dad that was just as as involved in the um, in the education as as his wife, who worked full time as a as a nurse. They both worked full time, so they managed to work it out oh, wow. on opposite schedules because she had she was a nurse, so she worked you know funky hours. So it worked out nicely for them. So yeah, it's it's becoming more and more of a trend that there's a lot more dads getting on board and. Um, so, but yeah, so you need to have support from whoever your partner is. <laughs> exactly. You need to both, both parents need to be um, on board. So um, that's an important thing. And then um, I know I've talked a lot about how I felt like it was really important for me to learn about a lot of different philosophies. And some people just refer to as like the catchphrases of homeschooling, you know, unschooling versus Charlotte Mason versus eclectic versus structured versus relaxed versus, you know, all the different things. I think it's really good for people to, it's not mandatory, but I think it's good that you learn about all that kind of, um, the, the philosophies out there on different ways of homeschooling, because that way you understand what it is when you go to a website or when you go to a book and it's based on a certain philosophy, it'll help you understand it better what you're looking at and help you better figure out whether or not it's, um, it's something that really calls to you or if it really turns you off or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's always good to learn, um, in your beginning phases of learning about homeschooling to at least become familiar with the terms Waldorf homeschooling and Montessori, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So you can look into it if you're interested in it. And most, most homeschoolers, it seems though, tend to go eclectic. So in another way that is, uh, that does make it important that you know all that stuff, because if you're going to pull from all these different, you don't have to know perfectly about all of that stuff. Just be familiar with what it, what does it mean when somebody says they're a Montessori homeschooler, you know, um, where that's coming from. And, um, and then you may want to pull something from them, from that philosophy and, uh, you know, there are certain curriculum out there that are based on that. Like the the math curriculum that I initially used with both my kids was a Montessori math. And if I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about what Montessori was, it would have made it a little bit harder for me to understand what it was that I was looking at. So, um, 
So mm-hmm. yeah, it's you know, and it expl- you know, if I understood where Montessori was coming from, then I understood why it took them longer to get to subtraction or whatever. So, so that's I think that's it. That's not a mandatory thing, but I think it's good to also read up as you're reading up about everything homeschooling. You know, you're going to come across all these different philosophies. So definitely right. look look into them, especially the ones that interest you. Some of them are going to draw to yeah, draw you in. I was going to say that that I've never gone out and like researched. Um, the the major philosophies Waldorf, Montessori, Charlotte mm-hmm. Mason, but just in reading homeschool books and in hanging on homeschool boards and that kind of thing, I've learned enough about them that I have a basic right, understanding exactly. of what they yes. mean. Um, but I didn't go out and research all of that before I started, um, because I did start with the charter school, so I didn't feel like. I did. I didn't feel like I needed to know all of that because I wasn't planning on building a curriculum. Right. When I first right. started, and then, then um, there are plenty of people out here that do it that way, and that's fine too. Yeah. So don't be don't be terrified that you've got to go out and do like all of this, you know, huge amount of research and decide, you know, exactly which one of these is right for you. It's not like picking a china pattern or anything <laughs> like that. You know. <laughs> really, you you can you can get started. Without knowing oh sure, all you of don't that. have to know all this stuff before you start. Absolutely, you, you, the only yeah. thing you have to know before you start is that you want to do it. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and as long as you know that's exactly what, that this is what you want to do or you want to try, you know, and 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 nothing is set in stone. Right. Yeah. That's the one thing that I always tell people: nothing is set in stone. So you may start out, and you may be like, "Yes, I am all about unschooling. I read about unschooling, and this sounds like the perfect thing for me and my family." And you get started, and then you find out, "Hmm, maybe I was wrong." Mm-hmm. But so don't feel like you're stuck unschooling for you know the next twelve years. You're not going to be stuck unschooling for the next twelve years. You're not stuck unschooling for the next twelve minutes. You can change, yeah. mm-hmm. do whatever you want. And you can do something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally flexible. The only thing that you don't have control over is whatever your state's laws. Are. And you do need to look that up. That is important. Um, Maybe not necessarily the very first phase, but at some point you're going to need to go look into what your state laws are regarding homeschooling in every state's different. It is legal to homeschool in every single state in the United States. So we can tell you that. But uh, after that, um, you'll have to look up your own state. We can tell you, and we have told you, how to um, legally homeschool in California. You can go back to, I don't remember what episode number it was. I think it was like episode one. Was it one or two? I think it was right after Meet the Moms. It, it was pretty Okay, so then it would have been episode two, I think, then, because I, I, I okay. labeled Meet the Moms episode one. So, yeah, so it okay. would have been two, um, where we talked at length about how to legally homeschool in California. So you can go back to that. Um, but your state, you know, there are some states that require more record keeping um, and more reporting. So you have to find out what exactly your state is um, what their regulations are. And the best way to find all that out is to go find a local homeschool group. Just Google whatever your state is, or actually Google your town. See if there, there might very well be one in your own town. But if there's not, you can Google, you know, or some different areas nearby. And, um, or if you Google your state and homeschooling, you should probably come up with a statewide, I I believe every state has their own homeschool organization. I'm not positive on that, but it seems like everyone I've ever looked up all had one. Um, we have two in California, actually statewide organizations. Um, but, uh, you know, they'll know, they'll have information about local 
local levels. So then you can go in there and find out where the locals are or just Google it or, you know, I mean, they're all over the place. You, you'll be able to find it pretty quickly. If, if you need help finding, uh, finding people too, you're always welcome to give us a, drop us a note and um, we can see if we can help you. We're Google Queens. So. Yep. <laughs> Uh, we, we can are. put out a call for if you know if you if you can't find anybody in your area, we can always put a, put out a call on the show to see if anybody's out there. Um, Absolutely, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, I think that would be fabulous if you're out in you know Timbuktu or whatever. You know, <laughs> and there are actually a lot of uh, international homeschool groups online too. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, but uh, yeah, so those those are some there's some ideas there. Can you hear the airplane? <laughs> I, I did hear it just barely, but it's okay. okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there was a motorcycle earlier, too. <laughs> Hopefully you couldn't hear it, but <laughs> a loud, loud neighborhood. Um, let's see. So, um, yeah, so definitely, you definitely want to find local support, local support groups. Yes. That's absolutely mandatory that you find local support. You, you need to have local support. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be in your town, but within a reasonable drive, or at least, you know, that you can talk online with. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's really important. I think, uh, yeah, even if there's not anybody local to you that you find somebody somewhere (laughs) that you can talk to. I have to say, thank goodness for the internet, because could you imagine how much more difficult that our jobs would be without it? Could you imagine homeschooling before the days of the internet? No, and I hear stories about people and how it was back in the day, and I just can't believe, like, you know, not being able to Google everything. (laughs) Right. Or not even just that. Like, I love it when I am the most stressed out and I am seriously ready to just enroll my kids in public school and be done with all of this stuff. I get on Facebook or I get on one of my message boards and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I am now bald on the right side from pulling (laughs) my hair out. And they're like, hey, you know what? It's okay. Tomorrow's going to be another day. And they're like the support. They prop you up and they really, you know, they pat you on the back and like, hey, you were doing a fantastic job. It's okay if you had a bad day because, you know, over the course of time, it'll be just fine. And and I love that. Right. Absolutely. I love that. So there is no reason to feel isolated. Yes. Even if if you are geographically isolated, as long as you have the Internet, you've got you've got people there that can support you. Mm hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, curriculum. One of the things that you need to do when you first start out with homeschooling is you need to start thinking about curriculum. Yes. If you're going to use curriculum. If you use curriculum, correct. If you're an unschooler, I guess no. you don't. If you've decided to go in that direction, then you don't need curriculum. But Right. So, if you've chosen a path that requires curriculum, um, then one of the fun parts about getting ready to start homeschooling is researching and purchasing curriculum. Um, I know I personally really enjoy researching curriculum. Yeah, so do I actually. <laughs> I have a I have a lot of fun looking up new <gasps> things and looking at all the sample pages. I get all excited and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, of course, and I'm sure this, it's the same with you. We have to first, and any new curriculum we look at first have to hunt down to make sure what their philosophy yes. is and what their, what their worldview yes. is. That's super important to me. I really hate it when I forget to do that first and I get really into something and I'm like, oh, this looks great. And then um, I start reading it and I find out it's not second. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I get so disappointed. (laughs) Um, But I really enjoy, you know, looking up curriculum and researching curriculum. And hopefully, you know, that'll be another fun thing that you get to do when you first start out too, is hopefully you'll enjoy, you being our listeners, will enjoy doing that as much as I do. And Do you, do you enjoy doing I do. that, Tina? I really do. 
I enjoy learning about all kinds of different books. And yeah, and then I go off on a tangent and start picking. I'm constantly posting questions on on the Yahoo groups that I'm regular on, um, asking for advice on this, that, and the other thing, and and getting gathering book lists. I have so many book lists. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then I'm really excited because a lot of the time they're in the library. Yeah, yes. and I'm I, not all of them, but I was really surprised they had like they have the entire History of Us series in our Fresno library. Uh, wow! Yeah, which is the Joy Hakim um, series, and we talked yeah, about last week. Was it last week? Yeah. Um, yeah, so they have it in the Fresno Library. I was shocked. I'm like, oh my gosh! So we can actually continue reading, it, although we we did take a break from history over this summer. But yeah, so check your library out too when you're when you're yes. when you are uh, learning about different curriculum um, and other other homeschoolers too. Mm-hmm. Lots of times, um, other homeschoolers might have what you're looking for, uh, and they may be able to let you borrow it so you can flip through it. Like, remember, uh, was a couple years ago now, I was getting really getting into the real science, uh, real Odyssey, science right. Odyssey curriculum, and I was like, oh, I really want this. I, you know, I want to get this, but I kind of want to see it first, and, and I was getting ready to buy the book, and then it turned out that, that Cindy, my neighbor, oh, had right. it. So I, w- I was just able to go over there and pick it up and flip through it and go, yes, definitely, this is right. what I want. So. You know, check around with other homeschoolers around you that someone around you may have what you're looking for so that you can at least check it out, hold it in your hand, mm-hmm. you know, smell it, flip the pages. <laughs> Taste it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our, our mutual friend Tiffany, yes. that's her thing. She loves to smell new <laughs> Well, she did used to work at the library, so she's a book lady. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think sometimes having the, the tangible aspect of picking something up and holding it in your hand really helps with the decision-making process as well. Sure. Yep. So, and there's a couple of books that we um, have note, noted down that we'll put in the show notes. Show, show notes, yeah. <laughs> We're suddenly becoming very spiffy. <laughs> that we'll put in the show notes that um, that will be also good starting points for um, when you're getting started on um, homeschooling. Where to go to find curriculum and that kind of thing. There's one book called. Um, homeschooling take a deep breath you can do this and they have all kinds of information in there about how to sort out um you know what what you need to do in the beginning and figuring it out and that kind of thing and and i'm sure they probably have book lists in there as well because <laughs> it seems like mm-hmm. every homeschool well a lot of books in general but every homeschooling book out there seems to also refer to other books so <laughs> oh, always and and oftentimes many different websites as well so um and then another one that i have personally looked at is the first year of homeschooling your child um your complete guide to getting off to the right to the right start and that's another really good one that um that you can check out on amazon and we'll have the link in the show notes about excellent well i had i also have two books that i'd like to recommend the first book is home learning year by year how to design a homeschool curriculum from preschool through high school Mm -hmm. Um, the nice thing about this book, um, because I do try to keep my kids to the state standards for their grade mm-hmm. level, it breaks down what, n- not necessarily by state, obviously, but it breaks down in general what each child, what each grade level should mm-hmm. know. Um, and for me, that was like a really good thing because I really need to, because for my own personal edification, I like them to be right kind of along with what kids are learning in public mm-hmm. school. Um and so that's one really great book. And the other book that um, I was recommending was Homeschooling at the Speed of Life 
balancing homeschool and family in the real world. And the nice thing about this one is it's not just about how to homeschool, but it's how to homeschool while keeping it all in balance with all the other stuff that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Because you don't homeschool in a vacuum. Right. You know, you, you've got you've to take care of the kids their education, you have to do the laundry, you have to do the yep. dishes, you have to take the dog to the vet, yep. you know, and, and you know, a, a lot of them have to work as mm-hmm. well. And so how to juggle all of it, how to keep all of it going um, is, a, is a really important thing to figure out. And so this book, Homeschooling at the Speed of Life, um, is really an excellent resource for trying to figure out how to keep it all going at the same time. And um, it kind of reminds me a little tiny bit of Fly Lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's got a lot of, you know, like decluttering uh-huh. and, you know, making um, making task lists. You know, this is what we're going to get done on Monday and this is what we're going to get on a Tuesday mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, and it's a really, just a really fantastic book. Cool. And um, as with the others, we'll make sure that the um, links uh, to Amazon are uh, on the show notes. But definitely as well check your local library because <laughs> the local library probably has a lot of really great books yes and just just putting homeschool into the search on our library's website finds all kinds of books there's some books in there that i've never looked at before so there's there's it depends on where you are of course but um there's a good chance that your local library may already have some some pretty decent books about homeschooling there's so many people that are writing books on homeschooling nowadays that there's it's really a matter of just narrowing it down because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's just so much it can be very overwhelming definitely and, I, and and don't feel like you have to read everything no. all at once like i've been homeschooling see danielle's in fifth grade so i've been homeschooling for five years now six um, kindergarten. Uh, six if we did well we haven't actually started fifth grade oh yet, right, right, so right i'm yeah <laughs> i know because i did that math <laughs> um um, so five years I've been homeschooling, and I still read books about homeschooling. Oh, sure, so do you I. Know, I, I. I still pick up books and, and, and learn new things from them. So don't feel like you have to read all of them before you start. You know, you probably could get away with one or two really good, solid books oh, sure. under your belt before you start. And, and then just go. Go for it. You can just dive in. Right, because you're always learning. Right, absolutely. And I was going to also recommend a very good website is homeschool.com, and um, I even continue to go back there regularly to their podcasts they have like close to 100 podcasts there and they're not actually technically podcasts like in our, in the sense of what our podcast is they're they're actually a lot of them were telemarketing series that they did so where everybody called in and they all got to listen on the phone to her interviewing somebody and there's tons of them um but they have a series where they broke down different philosophies they don't have every single philosophy out there but they have like they have a um a show about um, classical education. They interviewed the author of the book I'm actually going to talk about next. Uh, um, she's <laughs> uh, also done the the well-trained mind. Um, and Susan Wise Bauer. They inter- she interviewed her and talked about classical ed. She talked about Thomas Jefferson education. She talked about unschooling. She talked about eclectic schooling. She talked about uh, there was another one that I thought was fascinating. And it was all about I can't. I think it was called self-directed learning, or it, it was not the same as unschooling. Um, but it was where the kids teach themselves, where you set up all the curriculum for them. And, the, you know, it was, I can't, I don't remember exactly how, what the term was that they used. But anyway, they have a whole bunch of different podcasts that you can listen to on homeschool.com that um, that go through a lot of different philosophies of homeschooling. And that's another good place mm-hmm. to get started, too, because then you can listen to them talking about it. And 
And then she also has a book called Homeschooling and Loving It. And she has podcasts that go through that book. I don't know if she does the entire book. I think she might do most of it. But um, so you can actually buy that book or, and or listen to the podcast where she goes through and explains um, an idea of one way to get started and how to involve your kids in in the planning, which I thought was a really interesting idea that I hadn't really thought much about until I had listened to her and read her book. Um, cause I do own that book too. And it's a really good book. And I loaned it to you mm-hmm. at one point. So I know you've read it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, getting your kids involved in helping plan what it is that they're going to learn about for the year, which is a really neat idea too. So there's so many different ways to do it. It's just mind boggling. So try not to get too overwhelmed. Pick something and just follow it until it doesn't work for you anymore and follow something else, I guess, you know, (laughs) just keep bouncing around, but don't bounce around too much to where you don't get anything out of anything. So, but, um, just, you know, follow your heart more than anything. And, um, once you get started reading and talking to other people, it's going to be hard to stop. (laughs) Exactly. There's. Exactly. Yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff out there. And then I have a couple other links that I'll put in the show notes that have some, some more um, information on how to get started on homeschooling that I thought were kind of good to read. Excellent. So Tina, you were going to tell us about Story of the World. I am. Yes. We've been using the Story of the World series by Susan Wise Bauer um, pretty much almost all along. It's very well spoken of all over the internet in all circles, religious and non-religious alike. Um, in fact, it's funny because I think it's, it's pretty divided down the middle with people who love it and people who don't like it on both sides of the camp. So (laughs) it kind of depends on where you're coming from, but, um, it is written by Susan Weiss Bauer, who is a Christian homeschooler. Um, there definitely is a, some it depends on where you're coming from whether or not it has a religious slant for people who are hardcore atheists there's a definite religious slant to it because they do include biblical stories in it but for people who are okay with um and and then if you're a christian homeschooler you probably would have no problem with it at all um but there are christian homeschoolers that say that it doesn't follow a christian worldview so i guess it's not quite christian enough for some people um so uh you you really have to kind of look at it yourself to decide but yeah like i said there are biblical stories in it and i have to admit that one of the qualms that i have read from uh some of the people who um who have some problems with it is that it, that the biblical stories are approached as historical fact versus then when they go into like Egyptian mythology and Greek mythology that's approached as mythology. So you would have to kind of figure out for yourself whether or not you want to read those chapters or if you like for me I tend to kind of start up a conversation with my kids about it and I kind of add in my own little narration to what it is that I'm reading um, with them. Mm-hmm. So now the biblical stories pretty much only come up for the most part in the ancient times book. So once you get past that, um, it's, it doesn't come up quite as much. Um, once you get past that time period, obviously it's not going to come up at all. So I haven't read the second uh, or not the, the third I've read parts of the third book and I haven't read the fourth book at all yet. So I couldn't tell you what's in those books, but um for me, as a non-Christian homeschooler, I didn't have a problem reading it. I we talk, I just keep the discussions flowing with my kids about what these stories are and what they mean to us and what they mean to other people, what they mean to their grandfather, who was a United Methodist 
pastor, you know, and they're, you know, they're surrounded by Christianity. So we talk about it a lot and that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, it works for us. Um, but I do have friends who have avoided it like the plague because they don't like the fact that it had any Bible stories in it at all, which is unfortunate because there's a lot of really good stuff in it too. So I don't know, you know, I can see why they would at least the first book, because it is very full of Bible stories, which is understandable. That's the time period. So, um, so the oh. books are, the, the book is broken into a series of four, um, volume one is ancient times. Volume two is the middle ages. And then three is early modern. And then, um, four is modern. Um, I'm trying to find where I wrote it down. Cause I think I have the actual wording. Uh, here, yeah, ancient times, middle ages, early modern times, and the modern age, um, and it is following a classical education um, philosophy, educational philosophy, um, that is very, very similar in a lot of ways to um, Charlotte Mason, because actually Charlotte Mason was a classical educator of her time. She's kind of altered it a little bit, you know, she's tweaked it to her to her way. Um, so it's not classical and and Charlotte Mason are not exactly the same. So you can Mm -hmm. read up on that. I'll put a link in the show notes about the ways that they differ. I'm, I'm not entirely, it's not clear in my head yet. The ways, the the ways are that they differ are very subtle (laughs) in some ways. I think (laughs) there's not a whole lot of really huge glaring differences to me. So it gets all muddled in my head. Um, but anyway, so it does follow classical education, which is very, um, tends to be more uh, very structured and um, academic, strong in academics. Let's see, I was going to read, here it is, a classical education, according to Susan Wise Bauer, just the beginning of what she says about it on her website, is um, classical education depends on a three-part process of training the mind. The early years of school are spent in absorbing facts, systematically laying the foundations for advanced study. In the middle grades, students learn to think through arguments in the high school years they learn to express themselves and this classical pattern is called the trivium so that's a little bit about classical very little bit about classical mm-hmm. um there's so much more to it but um and i'm not entirely clear on it also i couldn't really talk at length about it but from what i understand the way that it, this curriculum has been used by classical educators and of course if you're not a classical educator you don't have to do it this way but there's four books they read through i think they read like one book a year i think that's how they usually do it is they'll pick um one book which is one time frame and they'll go through that for the year and in the early years they say that the children are really big on they're like sponges and this is a time when they just love learning and they love memorizing things according to the classical method so this would be the time when maybe you might have them memorizing dates and names and that kind of thing if that's your thing um and then they then the next year they read the second then third then fourth and then they start over again with book one so then but next time they go back to book one they're older and they're able to dive into it deeper and they actually go through it and there's three passes that they do through this entire series so it's actually designed for all ages so you can actually go through it from kindergarten i don't know if it really goes all the way up through high school it seems like it might be a little bit um uh, a little maybe too story like for for high school. I don't know. They, high schoolers might really enjoy it too. I'd, I'd have to look on the website to see if it's designed for that age. I think it's more for elementary and middle school. Um, but 
uh, it really it really could be used for all ages. So you would read through it once, and then you'd read through it again, you know, four years later, and then four years later you read through it again, and each time you're going to get more out of it. Um, I really like it because it's story. It's in a story format. It's not a textbook at all. There's nothing about this that's anything like a textbook. Um, it's completely all stories, and the the way that she has it flowing kind of is a little bit. There's a lot of people talking on the internet about how it jumps around. And I know that she does that for trying to make the stories kind of flow. She doesn't go through, you know, right now at this time period, they're doing this and this in Egypt. And then in Asia, they're doing this. And then in, you know, in America, they're doing in the Americas, they're doing this. She doesn't really, she kind of bounces around. But I think there is a rhyme or reason to it. As, as you're reading it, it kind of seems to flow. But some people have a really hard time with the fact that she kind of takes things out of chronological date to make the flow work. She kind of takes mm-hmm. things out of chronology. So that would be just kind of a personal thing, I think, whether or not you like that. Um, I haven't really had a problem with that. I, I, I do like how it's, um, I like how it covers the entire world. Because most of the stuff out there for our public school system, the, the, the history stuff that you have out there are America. It's mostly American history. And this covers all kinds of, um, I mean, not only do you go into quite a lot about ancient Egypt, which is a favorite with just about everybody, (laughs) but they go into (laughs) India and ancient China and ancient, um, you know, Mongolia and, uh, Babylon and, uh, I'm trying to see here. Africa. They go into ancient Africa and talk about, you know, they have the story of Anansi and the turtle in there about that. And um, Phoenicia and let's see, in the in the Middle Ages, they go into um, Britain, to ancient Britain. So they talk about the Celts and the barbarians and um, uh, the Byzantine Empire. And uh, of course, they talk about the Crusades and... France, ancient, or not ancient France, this would be the Middle Ages in France. Um, Norsemen, they go up in the, and then they're back into Africa again. And so they go all over the place. Here's a section on Spain, Portugal, and the New World. And so, you know, it, it, it covers most of the world. I think there's sections in there about New Zealand and Australia as well. Um, so it does, that's what I like about it is that it does cover the entire world. And they have, it on audiobook as well so you can listen to it my my daughter used to actually listen to it at bedtime for months she would listen to it the same disc over and over again just cuz it lulled her to sleep <laughs> cuz the guy who does the the voices is Jim Wise J- yeah Jim Wise he's he has a very great very voice. well known very good storyteller and so he mm-hmm. does all of the all of the latest edition i think the early editions they had a woman doing it but if you get the current ones it's been redone by Jim Wise and um so it's really good if you want to listen in the car and you want to listen to story. I mean, it's interesting stuff. I mean, they talk about, they mix in historical facts with all kinds of mythology and that kind of thing too. So it's, it's really interesting because that stuff is really interwoven into the cultures at the time. So they'll, they'll bring in the stories of Zeus and, and they had a whole thing in there about, um, I think Orion and, you know, some of those different gods and goddesses and stuff. And the, they bring all that stuff into the stories and it's just fascinating. They And then they have an activity book that you can also purchase. And the, the, the audiobooks obviously are separate from the, from the regular, um, I don't know what you call it, like the, the book, the paperback book. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And then they also have a separate book, which is an activity book. And that is jam 
packed full of just amazing activities and reading lists and they even have each chapter is broken down by section and then each section is broken into they have re- review questions and narration exercise because part of the well-trained mind is also doing narration just like charlotte mason so they have examples of things that you could have for narration exercises and um and then they have corresponding uh literature suggestions and a lot of these are picture books so when we were mm-hmm. reading about ancient Egypt we found a book in the library that was called Crocodile and it was a cute little picture book <laughs> of these little kids going down the Nile with a crocodile and it's really cute and um, and then they also have additional history reading so if you want to get some more meaty reading for maybe your older kids or for you to learn more they've got lists in here and I had heard before I bought this that it was worth buying the activity books simply for the book lists and it was true it really turned out to be true the book lists in here uh, every single section or every chapter I should say has a book list so not all of them are long because some of the subjects they don't have quite as much but like Egypt oh my god they have so much <laughs> there's oh. so much out there for Egypt so you can get all kinds of additional books just from looking at these lists and a lot of them our library had and then they have activities um, they'll have cooking projects and craft projects um, they do a lot of worksheet stuff, which um, I haven't really been as interested in, like, you know, taking, like, their art would be, like, f- some of their art is photocopying this coloring page kind of thing. And I'm not really oh, yeah. into that very much, but um, but I can see how some people would probably really like that, and some kids really like that. Um, but they do have things like, like when we did Ancient Egypt, I didn't do it because it was such a big project, but you, they tell you how to mummify a chicken. Oh, I have, I have read so many... <laughs> homeschool families that have yes. been the mummified chicken. And I never did it because it just seemed too, too time consuming for me. But That would squeak me out so bad. It's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, they have, I mean, just really, I'm just looking through here, the volume two, the Middle Ages. Um, they have, a, let's see, make a priest or a minister's hat. And um, in the here's something about the Incans. They have you making an Aztec jaguar mask and... Then there's something here about a Mayan, oh, about Mayan numbers. We didn't actually get to this chapter, so I don't know what it's about. But something about Mayan numbers and Mayan mathematics. And it has an actual game and a system to do. Um, Just grinding maze. I mean, some of the stuff requires you to go out and got a lot of extra stuff. But if you want to do it, it's, I mean, there's a Russian batik design when you're learning about Russia. Oh, and how to make borscht. <laughs> oh, nice. And bread. So, you know, it's just all kinds of activities. And it's really nice because obviously it's centered around the actual chapter that you just read. And mm-hmm. I was going to just read one short paragraph just to show you the storytelling, um, the feel of the storytelling in these books. Um, this is from Volume 2, The Middle Ages. Um, the chapter is the Chapter 5, The Medieval Indian Empire, and it's a king named Skandagupta. Skandagupta, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I said that right. I've heard Jim Wise say the name. That's the only reason why I know how to say it. <laughs> but um, so he says, this is the beginning of the chapter. This is how it sounds. If you are, if you were traveling during the Middle Ages, you might find yourself walking or riding along through the very dangerous lands. Barbarian tribes had settled in many of the countries that used to belong to Rome. 
there was no king or emperor to keep the peace. Instead, many different war leaders ruled over little kingdoms of their own, and these war leaders were always fighting with each other. You might be riding innocently along, going to visit your cousins far away, and get caught in the middle of a battle between war bands, or bandits might attack you and steal your horse and all your belongings. So that's just kind of a feel of how the storytelling goes. It's just very natural, very um, interesting, and just... I, my kids loved it, so um, I actually read it aloud to them more often than than we do the audiobooks. But they do have all the audiobooks as well. And um, my kids, for some reason, have not gotten into audiobooks that much. I really wish they would. Oh, mine yeah, love audiobooks. Yeah, that's that's good. I wish mine did. Maven did when she was younger, but not so much now. She wants me to read it, so which I don't mind because I like reading. But it's gets you know there could be a lot more that I could be listening to <laughs> if I didn't have to be the one <laughs> reading it all the time. So. But anyway, so that's um, the gist of the story of the world. Excellent history curriculum. I'm trying to see if there's anything else in here that I missed. Um, Oh, a short definition from Wikipedia on what classical ed is. It says, in the 20th and 21st centuries, it is used to refer to a broad-based study of the liberal arts and sciences as opposed to a practical or pre-professional program. So I don't know if that really helps, but that was just a little definition of classical ed that I uh, pulled oh. up to go along with this that I forgot to read in the beginning. <laughs> so yeah, that's the gist of, of uh, Story of the World. I highly recommend it. I really, really like it. I I don't think that I will use it by itself without bringing in all the other books because I don't think that there's enough. I suppose there probably is enough, but I, I really want to get deeper into the history than what this um, series goes into and really they're not trying to say that that's everything that you need to learn about either because they have all kinds of, you know, the book list, like I said. So I would definitely use it as a spine. A lot of people use it as a spine. They call it a spine where you, you have that as your basis of what you're going to learn in history for the year. We're going to learn this, 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 and this. And then you pull other mm-hmm. books in to add to it or movies or stories or, you know, um, I don't know, whatever you can find, games and whatnot. Like when we did the ancient world, I actually googled and I went on Netflix and I found two excellent documentaries that I never would have found otherwise but we were learning about the early nomads in the very early part of the first book and I found these two excellent um, documentaries one of them was a silent documentary from like 19 I don't know what is that what is it, like 20 or 30 or something I was really old D- black and white silent film nomads in somewhere in the Middle East I can't remember where and it was fascinating so they get to see what the nomadic people's lives were like because a lot of these people still live that way so mm-hmm. um, but in, that was an old movie obviously but yeah fascinating really in fact I have um, I have all link, links to those documentaries on my um, website homeschoolrealm.com I did a whole review on on both of them on there I'll put links in there so yeah. Awesome. So anyway, really like this series. We're going to continue with it. Um, I'm going to I'm going to keep going with it, and I like the idea of going through it. Just keep going through it, and then go back to the beginning and start over again because you're going to get more out of it each time. I really like that idea. So we'll probably be doing that. Although I'm not really on the time frame that they recommend, but <laughs> we make up our own. Time frame. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I think that pretty much covers it. Excellent. Well, was that everything we were going to cover today? I think so. Uh, it seems like everything always just takes off and has a mind of its own once we get going on it. Um, I know. I think we got 
everything we meant to hit on today, though. Time to wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. If you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. You can follow us on Twitter at Savvy Homeschool, one word, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool Moms. To leave us a voicemail message with your questions or comments, call 559-426-6670. For links to any of the resources that we shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. And you can also find Becky on the web at beckytatro.com. And I can be found at homeschoolrealm.com. And the spellings for both of those are on our Saturday Homes website. Excellent. Well, goodbye, everybody. Have a fun week. And make sure you come back and take a break with us again next weekend. Yep. Goodbye. Bye. This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms podcast was brought to you by Paragrammo Skype Recorder, the perfect tool for Skype recording, podcasting, and online journalism, and more. Visit them on the web at Paragrammo.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-G-R-A-M-O.com.